May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I have decided that there is actually hazing that goes on at All Saints. Because I have looked at the, the last two gospel readings that I have been given to preach from, and I have decided that they chose the most difficult gospel and said, give it to the newbie. Let's see how she does. Our gospel reading, I think, finds both Jesus and the disciples a little bit exasperated. Right? So for the disciples, they have heard Jesus talking about faith. He has chided them for not having enough faith when they are in the boat and the storm comes up while he is sleeping and they wake him up and he says, where's your faith? As he calms the storm. He, they have heard him talking to those whom he has healed, the woman who was bleeding, the centurion who asked for healing for his daughter, the person who was lowered into the house by his friends. All of these, Jesus has said, their faith is amazing. And in fact, of the centurion, he has said, I have not seen anyone of such faith in all of Israel. And so the disciples know that faith is an important thing. And they have already experienced the power that Jesus has given them. They have been out and preached and come back to tell Jesus how they have healed the sick, how they have cast out demons. So they feel like, you know, we're on this path with you, sir, but clearly we are still falling short. So they say to Jesus, increase our faith. You know, help us out here. Stop complaining about us and show us this faith that will make us the kinds of disciples you need. And for Jesus, on the other hand, probably he's thinking, these people have been with me for a while and they're still not getting it, and has been trying to prepare them. He has told them that on this path to Jerusalem, they are going to Jerusalem for him to be arrested, tortured, and killed, and that he needs them to be fully disciples, to be prepared to stand with him in that, in that torture, in that arrest, that he needs them to be prepared for when he is no longer with them, that he needs them to listen to his stories, to learn from his parables, to be aware of the power he has given them, that they must prepare themselves to be the new church on God's planet. And so, he says to them, it's not a matter of increasing your faith. It's a matter of having faith. 
that he tells them, if you have the faith of a mustard seed. And now he's talked to them about mustard seeds before, if you remember. He said to them, you know, the mustard seed is one of the tiniest seeds that exists. But when you plant it, it grows into a tree that offers shade to those who sit beneath it and offers branches for all manner of birds to rest. But the seed is tiny. And so he says to them, you don't need an increase in faith. You simply need to have faith, to believe that I am the Son of God and that you are called by God. It is that mustard seed of faith that we are called to. When I lived in Nashville, one of the things that I used to do was to lead uh, different groups on what I called partnership trips to South Africa. And those of you who were at my uh, adult formation the last couple of weeks know that I spoke about faith and Ubuntu and shared this story then too of taking a church from Nashville to a partnership trip to a church in South Africa. Now the church in Nashville is one of the richest churches in the Diocese of Tennessee and I took them to partner with a church in the township of Tajiso which is where my maternal grandmother used to live. And the church, St. Thomas in Cajiso, is a tiny church in a community that is mostly people living in informal settlements. And in fact, the St. Thomas church could fit into one of the Sunday school classrooms of St. George's in Nashville. And so we went and spent a week with the people of St. Thomas, seeing their ministry in their community, being part of their visits to those with HIV and AIDS, being part of their feeding scheme at the school in the neighborhood, working in the vegetable garden that they had started so that they could feed the children fresh vegetables. And on our last day, which was our, a Sunday, we worshiped with the people of St. Thomas. And after service, they cooked us a delicious dinner and then as we were leaving, they escorted us to our bus singing and dancing, blessing us on our way and telling us to come back and visit soon. As we were on the bus to the airport, some of the people from Nashville turned to me and said, we've been in this community, we see these people have very little. They are struggling, they are poor. Where do they get? the joy that we have experienced from them. How do they hold on to this joy in their lived experience? And I said, faith. It is faith that allows them to be joyful. It is the faith, not the faith that we hear about, 
from those who preach the prosperity gospel, who tell us that if we have enough faith in God, our bank account will overflow, we will own a mansion and beautiful cars, and maybe even a private plane that God will bless us in this way with wealth and power. No, they have faith in a God who promised, I am with you always. I am with you in times of joy and celebration. I am with you in times of sadness, in times of oppression, in times of wondering where you will get your next meal. I, God, am with you. Just as I was with the children of Israel when they were in exile in Babylon, I remained their God in that place and I remain your God in every situation and circumstance that you find yourself in. I said, that is the faith. A faith that sometimes is not even the size of a mustard seed. Sometimes that faith, the only faith that we can sustain is a faith that is the size of half a mustard seed. But that is all our God needs to know and be with us. Because our God promised that whatever it is you go through, I, your God, am with you. I stand with you in every pain, in every circumstance. When I was growing up, I would hear my father when he was interviewed saying, you know, I believe that in fact it is easier to be a Christian in situations of oppression than it is to be a Christian in situations of comfort. And I would say, ah, uh, no, I don't, I know I would be an excellent Christian if everything in my life was going the way I wanted it to go. So I'm not sure about that. But as I grew up, I recognized what it was that my dad was trying to say that in situations of oppression, in situations where our weakness is so clear, we know that the only hope we have is in God. That we know that we cannot rely on our own strength. We cannot rely on our own intelligence. We cannot rely on our wealth to get us out of situations and get us out of bad places, that the only thing, the only way we can even survive is through a faith in God. It is that faith, the faith that sometimes we hold on to by the skin of our teeth. It is that faith that sustains us in all our lived experience. It is that faith that allowed the people of St. Thomas 
to be joyful in God's blessings, knowing that those blessings are not the material things that the world looks to, that it is the knowledge that God walks with us always and always. And one of my favorite theologians is Howard Thurman. And I think he puts this lesson in the most beautiful of ways. He says, God is here in the midst of life, breaking through the commonplace, glorifying the ordinary. The great high God is near. One should tread the earth with a deep awe and reverence. God is in this place. Do not wait to hear God's spirit winging near in moments of great crisis. Do not expect God riding on the crest of a wave of deep emotional excitement. Do not look for God at the dramatic moment when something abnormal or spectacular is at hand. Rather, find God in the simple experiences of daily living, in the normal ebb and flow of life as you live it. God is here. Our faith assures us. Amen.